0: Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now? This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin our proceedings here today by calling in the spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine, to those who have gone before us, who lived well, who died well, who met the challenges of their time and learned how to be here and form in a good way. I call out to these ancestors who bring all that is good and true and beautiful into each of our lines. I call out to these people on whose shoulders we stand to gather round us here today and to help us, to help the living better do what we have come into our lives to do to help us to be wise and to learn from those who have gone before us, to help us to draw that goodness through so that we can bring our own goodness to the world, to help us to draw that beauty through so that we're better able to create beauty in the world. And to help to bring that truth through so that we are better able not only to know the truth, but to stand up for it in our lives. And so I call out to these ancestors and ask them to gather around us here today and give such gratitude for their presence, for their um, abundance, and for their generosity in being here for us. That we might do what we've come here to do so that all that is needed for those who are coming is present when they arrive. And so with the ancestors gathered round, let us turn our awareness in and to move our consciousness from wherever it might be in the moment to our heads and from our heads to our hearts and our hearts to our bellies and to reach down from our belly into the earth. And as you imagine or feel or sense your energy touching the earth, the earth itself, take a moment and give thanks. Thanks for life. Whatever your day holds, let's give gratitude for it. Thanks for all that has been, that has brought you to this moment, for all that is, and for all that will be. And so we give thanks to the earth for the wonder of her dreaming that brought life as we experience it in its beauty and diversity to this planet. We give thanks for all of the many ways that we can learn We are being taught all the time by our life. And may we simply learn to notice. And we give thanks to the earth for this grand design. We give thanks for the beauty that is here and the miracle of life. And with that gratitude, infusing our energy, let us reach down through all the layers of the earth. All the way down through the molten layers to the very center of the earth. And take a moment and connect our center to the center of the earth. And then call the energy of the earth up, drawing the earth energy up just like the crystal clear waters of a fresh spring bubbling up to the surface of the earth. Let's draw the energy of the earth up into these proceedings, into ourselves, into our day and into our bodies, drawing the energy up into our bellies and asking the energy of the earth to help us help us to create grounding in our lives, help us to create a sense of belonging, a sense of hearth and home that goes with us as we move about our day. Help us to create um, a sense of connection and interconnection and ultimately to be able to reach, even if just for a moment in each day, into the oneness of all things. And from that place, that connection, that knowing of ourself as part of that oneness of all things, let us take our relationship with ourself. And coming into right relationship there first, we're then able to move into right relationship with others, right relationship with our environment, and right relationship with the spirit world. And in this way, we give thanks to the earth for her teachings about manifestation and how to be here in form in a good way for all living things so with this rich resource restoring and rejuvenating and replenishing us just like that crystal clear spring of water in the midst of a long hot hike we give thanks to the energy of the earth for its restoration and its ability uh, to bring us into balance within ourselves and then let us draw that energy up from belly to heart and heart to mind And from the mind out through all the layers of the sky, up through the weather that is above you, whatever weather that might be, out through the atmosphere that surrounds us all and out into the cosmos and all the way up to the highest power. And by whatever name you know that power, because we humans have named it many things over many, many generations, by whatever name you know it, by whatever understanding you understand it, connect with this energy above And in this way, we draw into ourselves, into our day, into these proceedings, the profound energy of blessing, the great generosity and benevolence of the universe in which we find ourselves. And we draw down the energy of protection and the benevolence of all things. We call these energies in and we ask that we might find in our life the mentors and champions that we need to do what we've come here to do and that we might recognize when we are being asked to mentor or champion another in doing what they need for not there is not one of us on the face of this planet that does everything that they do individually everything we choose every action we take every thought that we think affects everything And so with this awareness and this guidance and blessing and protection from above, we draw the sky energy down into our heads, our hearts, and our bellies. And we let these two great lovers, earth and sky, dance within ourselves and bring forth that great big love that is truly the birthplace of all things in form as we understand it, as we experience it. And so with the two great lovers dancing within yourself, let your heart be awakened by their dance and open to the powerful crucible that it is unique In all of the chakras, let the heart open up and call up the fiery passions of your lower chakras and the cool, calculating clarity of your mind and the upper chakras. And draw these energies together in the heart where they can be held together in a complementary dualism where each brings out the best in the other. And in that union of bestness, your true gifts are born. And may you find in your heart not only the clarity of why you are here and what you are here to do, but some sense of how you can take action to do that today. The heart is the fire element. It is about action. And it is also, therefore, the place of courage. And may you call the courage forth to do something in this day to bring your gifts to the world. So with all of these energies gathered round, we ask that what needs to be said, be said, and what needs to be heard, be heard, and that these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. So with thanks to the spirit energies that support us, I want to give thanks to the human spirit energies that support us. I give particular thanks to Mark and Arlene and those listeners who have been able to donate financially since we last gathered. I give um, great gratitude to those of you who can donate financially because you help the bills to get paid. And there are bills. And um, I'm very, very thankful for those of you that who are able to help us um, Please check out the new shamanismnow.com site. Um, You are still able to donate any amount, large or small. It all still goes directly to keeping the show on the air. We weren't able to create an easy way for you all to set up a monthly donation, which many, many of you asked for. It's the most frequent request that I receive is please, please set up a monthly donation button. Um, But it is um, unbelievably problematic. So um, we've we've created a workaround. And so please check out the new site. Uh, let us know how you like it. Um, play around with it. See if you can break it. I mean, not hard, but, you know, make sure it all works and let us know what you find. So anyway, thanks to all of you for keeping the show alive and well. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for your show ideas. And... Also, my deep, deep gratitude goes to those of you who are using what you are learning on the show in some way to make your life um, or the world a place um, that is much more aligned with those who are coming. So thank you all for all the many things that you do. Thanks to CoCreatorNetwork.com for giving us a home and taking care of us technically. And um, thank you. I, I, don't, I don't know how many different ways to say it. But my heart is filled with gratitude to all of you so thank you so our show here today is called truth delusion and altered states and um, what we're really going to talk about today is the cultivation of a truth cord and what i realize is well, I'll talk about all the things I realized in a minute. But basically, this fits into the Basics of Living Well series where we talked about grounding and boundaries and protection. Um, and it goes, goes to an energy that is an aspect of our energy body that um, is as fundamental as grounding. Um, but before I get carried away, I just wanted to remind you all that we are live this week. And if you have any questions about today's topic, you are invited to call in at 512 772 1938 or Skype in from co creator network.com from their site, or you are welcome to email me at Christina at laskmathcenter.org and I would be happy to read your question on the air. Um, so, with this, this gift to humanity of direct revelation that comes to us through the broad range of shamanic altered states. Um, What is critically important in um, connecting with or accessing these altered states is the ability to discern the truth. How do we know that a message we receive is true? Truth is perhaps more accurately felt than known. Indigenous shamans the world over explain when you actually ask them how they are doing what they're doing, um, you find that they they talk about feeling um, as much as seeing, as a way of of knowing. It's not – there's a bit too much um, turning shamanism into an allopathic practice where we start saying this means this, so I do that. And this symptom means this, so I do that. And that's not shamanism. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that is not shamanism. Shamanism begins by asking spirit, what's really going on? And then given that, what do we do about it? And that assumption that we can start to categorize symptomology And thus define the remedy without any communication with spirit is folly. Now, for us to be able, though, to work with spirit in any way, meditations, dreams, journeys, life, just regular old everyday being a person living a life, we must cultivate a strong sense of inner truth. And it's what I refer to in my teachings as a truth cord. Now, truth cord is not something you can Google. It's something that I made up and I've actually – for myself actually in my own process of trying to survive my 20s and my own foolishness in my 20s is really focused on the cultivation of a truth cord. So then what I saw years later with indigenous shamans in in asking and trying to understand how they knew what to do, how they were – Um, understanding their work is I saw that they also worked with a truth cord. They didn't call it that either. But there was simply this understanding that you could feel the truth in the altered state because there's lots going on in ordinary reality and non-ordinary reality. But you could feel what was true. This is is what I really saw um, uh, culture to culture. And so that you can feel the truth of what you see in your journeys and in this way sense the difference between a snake that is a power animal for someone or a snake that is a manifestation of an illness in someone. So this is what I mean by the folly of saying snakes mean this because snakes don't always mean that. Nothing is always a non-ordinary reality other than the fact that nothing is always. That's always going to be true. We need to ask. That is the essence of a shamanic practice is the not only the humility but the ballsiness of working with spirit, of entering into a working relationship. And to do that, whether it's a working relationship with our life – or a working relationship with spirit in our practice, we must cultivate a strong sense of truth and with that an ever deepening sophistication in our understanding of how we lie to ourselves and circumvent our truth. So this whole idea that you can sense the truth and know the difference between the snake that's the power animal and the snake that's the illness is, is lovely. Right? It seems so obvious when they say it, but how do we get there? So to do that, we must cultivate our own inner truth cord. And you can call it whatever you want, but that's what I'm going to call it because that's what's worked for me. And a truth cord resonates with the truth when you hear the truth or experience the truth in some way, no matter the source. So in other words, you could hear someone you perceive of as vile speak the truth and the truth would still resonate regardless of the fact that your entire person, your personality is revolted by the speaker. That's the power of the truth chord: is that it resonates with the truth regardless. So it resonates with the truth no matter the source. No matter whether or not you like the truth and no matter the consequences of the truth on your life. And these are the three main things that I observe um, that uh, motivate people to ignore the truth that they know. The first is the source the truth came from. People throw that baby out with the bathwater all the time and it's unfortunate. Um, The other is not liking the truth wanting the truth to be something else so completely that you don't want to deal with what the truth is. And then the other is that that you you like the truth and you you get the truth and you hear the truth but it feels like the consequences on your life would be so devastating that you cannot possibly imagine acknowledging, embodying and living that truth. So let me just make an example of that last one. You know, if you had told me 27 years ago what my life would look like today, given me that truth, let's say in a vision, let's say twenty seven years ago today, I had a dream or a vision that was a dream of um of my practice, my students my um my own life with myself, my relationship with myself, my little healing space that I'm looking at outside of the sliding glass door in my office this this beautiful space created by a man who loves me at least as much of life himself and I love him back as much and his healing space off to the side, our little gardens are beginning to grow um, in our little raised bed and this gorgeous fire circle in the middle and this knowledge of these students that hold these teachings, this, this huge vision of a life. And if I had had that vision of this truth 27 years ago, the consequences of getting there would have felt devastating and I would have dismissed that truth. To be honest, I would have. And this is the thing that is so important about the truth cord is to notice the truth resonating, even if the consequences on our life seem in that moment disastrous. Because there will be a path. If it's the truth, there will be a path that emerges that will get you there. And yes, things will change. And yes, you will change. We are all changed by living the truth. That is the beauty of it. The world is changed by our willingness to live the truth. The most important thing about it is we need to be creative and innovative and compassionate and both patient and and anxious to live the truth. The issue here for today's show is how do we know what the hell it is? How do we know what the truth is first for ourselves and then in our relationship with others? So that's the truth cord. It resonates with the truth no matter the source, no matter whether or not you like the truth, and no matter the consequences on your life. And so we need a truth cord whether we ever journey and intentionally work with spirit or not. If you're one of those people listening to the show just because you like the idea about how to live, how to live a legendary life, live your soul's purpose, you're not really interested in the shamanic stuff. That's fine. No matter how you position yourself in the world relative to the invisible world, whether it's good enough for you to just know there's angels out there and get on with it. It doesn't matter you still need a truth cord. We all, each and every one of us, still needs not only to understand how to cultivate a truth cord, but to grow ever more sophisticated in every year of our life in how it is that we systematically undermine the very truth we are trying to cultivate. That is the great uh, challenge and the great gift of being a human because this is partly what moves us It's the gear, in a sense, that runs the machine that allows us to evolve, to grow. So your truth cord is present in your body, though it may be hidden, it may be poorly formed, or you may have simply been taught to ignore it or distrust it. And those are two different things. And people often do one or the other. But we can certainly do both. So ignoring your truth cord is one thing because these are the kind of people that result then always looking outside of themselves for the way, the path, what's right. Whether you do that by um, aligning yourself with um, an external system like the banking system or science or something like that so that that's always defining what's right for you or you do that by always you know, calling the psychic you know, 800 hotline. And Or always relentlessly checking your astrological chart. You know, always looking outside of yourself neurotically for the truth versus using all of these things as sources of information that contribute to our coming to understand how we act on our truth. Okay. So, you are actually listening to your truth cord or the 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 nub of a truth cord when you sense your gut instinct and pretty much everybody has at least a moment in life of trusting a gut instinct and being really glad that you did. You're also listening to your truth cord um, if you feel in your heart that you're being lied to or you feel in your heart that you're hearing the truth. It can go either way, but you're you're sensing that reality in the heart, even though what's going on around you may be sort of deflecting everybody in a different direction. That's an aspect of your truth cord. It's also your truth cord when you become suddenly aware of something you didn't know you knew before, but now that you have that knowing, it just kind of rocks your being and you know that it's true. Even though the moment before, you had no awareness of it. The, these kinds of knowings can come to us um, and, they, and they rock us at our, at our very foundation. These, these are all ways that we are listening to the components of the truth cord. So what we're talking about then is ways that we sense the truth back to what the shaman said about sensing the truth, not intellectually figuring it out, but sensing the truth. So we sense the truth from our gut, and we sense the truth from our heart, and we sense the truth in in an aspect of our mind that I like to call the indigenous mind. It's not so much the analytical mind. It's a very practical and magical mind. It's a balance between discipline and imagination, between practical and magical um and and that part of the mind also senses the truth the mind is tricky though because the mind is um uh very easily um tricked and it and it begins to be the generator of much of the ways we lie to ourselves about the truth okay so the mind is a little tricky but the mind is still a primary power center And when you align the power centers of the belly, the heart, and the mind um, and link them up, the mind is one of the major power locations on your truth cord. So a truth cord is created when we connect all three of these primary energy centers so that the instinct of the belly and the intuition of the heart and the inspiration of the mind are all sharing information, Um, sharing information faster then the mind can think through and analyze that. okay, And that they are responding to each other and resonating with each other. So when we are hearing the truth, part of the the experience of that resonance is all three of those energy centers resonating with the yes or resonating with the truth um, simultaneously. But the important thing about linking them up is that they're also responding to each other they're influencing each other they're informing and educating each other Um, so your truth cord then is part of your energy body okay so given that um, it is present with you in some state oh i'm sorry it is present with you in any state of consciousness or alternate consciousness or alternate awareness um, you know, because your energy body is present in your journeys, your energy body is present in your dreams in your meditations in your visions in your day it it 's present, your physical body may not always be wholly present with you, but your energy body is and your truth cord while you can feel it in your physical body, it is an aspect of your energy body, and so it it is with you in any state of consciousness or awareness. So it's with you in yoga class. It's with you in your dreams. It's with you in that argument you're having with your lover. It's in your journeys. It's in your sessions with your therapist or that meeting you're about to have this afternoon with your boss. Your truth cord is always present with you. So the main issues, if you don't have a strong sense of the truth, then the main issues are, have you cultivated your truth cord? And if you have, if you have a truth cord, Are you listening? (laughs) So those are the two main issues. It's pretty practical. So as part of our energy body, remember that in terms of energy body, we've talked before about how aspects of our energy body are structural, like chakras, meaning you have them whether you visualize them or not. They may not be in a very healthy state, but you still have them. It's not like you can just decide, I'm not going to have chakras. I mean, to do that, to really accomplish that would be folly, but you would have to really damage yourself. So they're structural, right? There are other aspects of your energy body um, that you develop, that you cultivate, that grow stronger as you um, pay attention to them. And these are aspects of your energy body where the form of this part of your energy body follows your thoughts. So here's the sequence of thoughts or instructions for cultivating a working, reliable truth cord. And, um, and this is a truth cord that will resonate with the truth no matter the source. Now I'm going to just read through these so you understand it functionally. This is not meant to be a guided visualization, although you could certainly take these from the show today and create um, uh, a recording to take yourself through this as a meditation okay nonetheless i'm just going to talk about it functionally because i want to be able to comment as i go here so the first thing step one is to find your awareness to find your consciousness find your little ball of consciousness wherever it is and connect with it connect your conscious awareness with wherever that energy really is and for a lot of people If you're not doing things regularly to cultivate your energy body, your consciousness isn't even in your body. It's hovering somewhere, usually around it or above it. Okay, so find your consciousness and connect with it. And then take your consciousness up to the highest power of the universe, connect with the highest power of the universe, and then draw that energy down. I usually visualize this as golden energy. It's fairly traditional to do that it is not a requirement although I find that it's pretty much universally useful and I like things that are universally useful. So, you're, so you've are so you taken your consciousness up to the highest power of the universe connecting with it and that's really important because so many people have been taught through religion that you are not worthy or able to make a direct connection with whatever you consider God or the highest power of the universe. And so it's very important to know that that is false, that you are not able to connect. You are connected because you're one already. The important thing is to make that connection with your consciousness and then draw that energy down. So you draw that golden energy down, down through your seventh chakra. Um, through the connection between the seventh chakra and the sixth, so you go into your head, through the connection into the throat, through the connection into the heart, through the connection into the solar plexus, through the connection into the belly, uh, through the connection all the way down into the root chakra. So you, you connect with your center deep in your first chakra or your root chakra. Okay, so there's four parts of this. So you've just done the first part which is highest power of the universe or center of the universe to your center. Okay, and then you continue with your consciousness plus the golden energy and reach now from your center down through all the layers of the earth into the center of the earth. Now, for those of you that took my grounding challenge years ago, this is going to sound really familiar because this is also moving down the path of your grounding cord. Same idea. So you're taking the golden energy from your center all the way down to the center of the earth and anchoring it firmly there. So now you've got um, part two of four. So center of the universe to the center of your being, center of your being to the center of the earth. That's the golden line. And now you shift your awareness and connect your consciousness with the energy in the center of the earth, with the earth energy. In this visualization, it can help to visualize it as silver energy, silvery and very like the qualities of um, a fresh spring water bubbling up out of the earth, fresh, clear, ready to be um, consumed. And so you're going to draw that silver energy now connected with your consciousness up through the layers of the earth until you connect – the center of the earth energy all the way up to your center in the root chakra so that's part three of four so you had golden energy to your center golden energy from the center to the center of the earth and now you have silver energy from the center of the earth up to your center and now you can guess the next part which is to continue with your consciousness and the silver energy of the earth and reach from your center up through each chakra and the connection to each chakra, out the top of your head, out the seventh chakra, out through all the layers of the sky, all the way up to the highest power of the universe and anchor the earth energy above just as surely as you anchored the golden energy below. Now take a moment and just feel, sense, imagine whatever works best for you, yourself now infused With this column of gold and silver light. It's moving up and down. It's vital. It's a profound resource. It reaches to the highest power of the universe. Through each of your chakras. And down to the center of the earth. And back again through each of your chakras. That is this big um, vital column of light. That includes you. But is much bigger than you. Now you're ready. To focus on your truth cord. Your truth cord fits into that extended center channel so you want to imagine a cord like a string on a stringed instrument that is anchored firmly at the center of the earth uh, sorry at the center of the heavens and down at the center of the earth now it can help in the beginning when this is unfamiliar to imagine yourself standing in up in the highest power of the universe And imagine dropping a plumb line like surveyors use with the weight on the bottom, dropping this plumb line down so the little surveyor weight thing at the bottom touches the center of the earth and it's dropped down straight through you. So it's a plumb line. It's a straight line. And then imagine both ends being sort of tied off above and below. And then imagine that this this cord is now like a string on a stringed instrument and imagine it tuning to a pure tone, a pure tone of truth. And so then you can move your awareness down the cord, moving through each chakra and each connection between the chakras to make sure that the cord itself is free to vibrate as it moves through your body. Um, and then finally, once you feel that the chord is anchored, is resonating with in a true tone, then check it. And by this, I mean uh, stand either in your belly or your heart or your mind, a little version of you, and speak a lie. Speak something you absolutely know is a lie to yourself as if it were a truth. And just speak it and and feel the truth cord immobile. Feel how it doesn't move. And then speak a truth. And feel how it resonates with the truth. You can go back and forth a little bit and practice feeling the response of your truth cord with things you have to pick extremes, things you know aren't true and things you know are true until you get a feel for it and then once you get a feel for it, you can even bring more complex things to it, things you're not quite sure whether they're true or not and see. But of course, to check it, things need to be stated as if they are true. For example, in my uh, student community, when people are checking to discover their elemental home. We don't do that by birth and some of the many ways um, other cultures do it. um, We're still wanting spirit to help us as we're still learning. And so what we do is we go to each of the four directions and each associated with each of the four directions is one of the four elements. And we speak in the presence of each element and we state as if it is true, um, water is my home. And we say earth is my home. Air is my home, fire is my home and we state it as if it is true and notice the response of the truth chord. and what we're really looking for is the strongest resonance of the truth because of course in a certain way all of the elements are our home, we're made of all of the elements but we're trying to discern for ourselves what is the true home of my body in this life. Um, And part of the value in doing that is people that are, for example, earth elemental people um, can can then um, offer themselves to become the earth shrine tender for the community, which is a really beautiful um, way to practice shamanic skills on the behalf of a group of people and to um, have the freedom to make mistakes and learn from that. And it all begins by being able to sense from a truth cord what your elemental home is. And, you know, I I have been told many times in many different systems what my elemental home is, and I've always been annoyed by it, by the answer, and honestly, as much of my path of shamanism has been to bring balance to myself elementally, it bottom line keeps coming back to the fact that it is my elemental home, and when I just do the journeys – and ask you know what is my elemental home the truth always resonates as much as I don't like it (laughs) and so um, it's just a simple example but the idea is your truth core doesn't need to be complicated the truth isn't complicated the truth is simple living it acting it may be challenging but the truth in and of itself is actually very simple so so let 's look now then at a couple of uh, examples of the most common unconscious ways that people undermine the accuracy of a truth chord. Now, most of you have some elements of your truth cord, maybe you have a truth chord it 's just not tuned very well. You have a truth chord, you just don't listen, or you have a truth chord, you hear it, but you distrust it there's a whole lot of issues about your relationship with your truth cord um, but one of the – or two of the main things that happen um, that undermine the accuracy of the truth cord, um, since that's then becomes the issue, is not only having the truth cord and learning, learning what truth feels like and learning to trust it, but then really continuing to fine-tune the accuracy of the truth cord. Okay, so remember back when I was guiding you through the steps of establishing your truth cord or cultivating your truth cord? I pointed out that particular place where you're connecting from your center to the center of the earth and that, that path is also the same path to cultivate your grounding your grounding cord. So the tricky business here is that your truth cord is affected by your grounding cord. So if your grounding cord is totally fatutzed, your truth cord is going to be challenged. In, in really resonating accurately with the truth. And so one of the challenges we give to our truth cord is that we do not cultivate grounding that is simply the grounding from your center to the center of the earth with no other connections and interrelations. Most people are grounded in their family, in their biological family and in psychologically in their family story. Most people don't realize this, but it is true for most people that they're actually grounded not in the reality of their day, but in the reality of their family that they used to live in. And so consequently, the grounding cord doesn't extend from the person's actual present time center to the actual energetic present time center of the earth that the grounding cord actually moves from the moment out of time into the past habit of the family and the habit of the family story. Because remember, your energy body, other than the structures, is just habit. It's your energetic habit of viewing yourself and your energy body. And if you haven't been aware you even had an energy body, it's very likely all of these components are a little bit wonky or distorted, and they're in particularly distorted by your other habits, because habits create energy body. So that's one, is to be grounded in the family. So, um, you know, most people then ground in the energy or the story of their family. Their truth core doesn't really reach their own center in present time, much less the center of the earth. Um, And so then your own truth is constantly being distorted or the vibration, the the clear vibration of truth of your own truth cord is distorted or hidden in some way or biased by the family's truth. And most of us, I mean, if you're bothering to listen to this show, you've already figured out that your family's truth about you is probably not the whole truth. Um, Even today… I love my family, but even today, they still hold biases that frankly imply that I need to be different than I am. While consciously, they love and appreciate and acknowledge and honor me. Unconsciously, there's still this old story in the family that I'm too intense, I'm too this, I'm too that. And if you're too something, the implication is you should change. And so, so this is what I mean. It's very subtle. I mean, you love them to death. But if you are still grounding in that story, that story is still influencing your sense of the truth. Another issue that people do with their grounding, and this happens as soon as people start to become more spiritually aware and begin practices. But there's a whole lot of people teaching. Teaching because they they got some certification to teach meditation or to teach yoga or to teach shamanism or to teach whatever Um, but it's a certification you know they got it in a number of weeks or months not years it's not mastery and so they're teaching without really understanding the path themselves not because they're not capable but they just haven't done it long enough to experience it and so consequently People create um, a sense of a grounding cord that connects from their seventh chakra and usually some idea of a higher self, right? But it connects from their seventh chakra to their root chakra. So the entire truth cord is simply um, anchored in their own energy body. Their energy body isn't connected to the larger uh, truth of the universe so in this case the truth chord will resonate only with your personal truths which may be quite different from larger universal truths and so there's a tendency to continuously repeat your patterns it's problematic and again these were issues that are really common um, that just affect the accuracy of your truth cord. So with that in mind just, just back to basics. A working truth chord either resonates or it doesn't. It's not like playing a harmony or a tune. It's one chord, it either re- one string, it either resonates or it doesn't. It is not any more complex than that. There are only truths or things that resonate. Everything else is something else. It doesn't say what anything is, other than just saying this isn't the truth. Who knows what it is? And that at times can be very hard to accept. So for example, back in the, in my twenties, I was really very, very deeply in love with a man who was a drug addict. And you all know that you've heard that story many times, but the point is I was truly in love with this man and I didn't want to accept or acknowledge the truth that was growing ever more clear in my own being that I had to walk out of that relationship, that, that it didn't i mean it was true that i loved him but that was not the highest truth for me in my life there were other truths and so that's what i mean by the truth the truth and the and the collection of truths in any moment can be sometimes hard to ferret out what needs to happen but we can't, we have no hope at all if we don't know what those truths are and once you cultivate a full truth chord, and once you begin to listen to your truth chord, the more easily you'll be able to hear its resonance as you go through the day. It feels like the voice of your truth grows stronger. That's how we would think that it's this, the voice of the truth out there that is growing stronger. But the truth is we are cultivating a better relationship with the truth chord that was always there and always trying to resonate with the truth. So I surprised myself uh, last week, actually. I was teaching a teleseminar with my cycle students, and I found myself saying, if I was allowed only one thing to teach, um, that I would teach the clearing practice that I teach, that I wouldn't teach anything about shamanism. It wouldn't even be shamanic journeying. And you all know how important I think all of that is. I don't believe we can change the story of the people for the new world without it, and still... My higher truth was if I could only teach one thing, I would teach people our clearing practice. So I reflected on that after that teleseminar because it was just a truth that came out answering questions in the teleseminar. And I thought, you know, what does that mean? And I realized that it, that it goes deeper than that. Because to even do our clearing practice, you must have an active truth cord, or you keep trying to figure things out that can't be figured out. To even journey well, to understand what is the right question. How do I interpret this journey? How do I act on the message I've been given? All of those challenges with journeys really come back to the resonance with your truth cord. How do these shamanic practitioners all over the world understand these ways of practicing shamanism that heal illnesses our medical system in America can't deal with? They, they do what we perceive of as miracles, but we only perceive of it as miracles because our medical system doesn't deal with it very, these particular things very well. All of these things go back to the cultivation of a truth cord. It is absolutely fundamental. And so, so this is really what inspired me for today, but it sobered me to realize so many people ask me questions I can't answer or I refuse to answer because the only real answer should be coming from their truth cord. And so the question becomes... Why are you asking me this question? And if you're doing it because you don't have a truth cord, then what do we need to begin to do to cultivate your truth cord? Thus, today's show. So living well, period, living well, to just live well requires a functional truth cord it really is nearly impossible today in the complexity of life around us and all of the manipulation of the story that goes on around us. It is nearly impossible to live well without a functional truth cord. So here we are today, adding this new show to the basics of living well, This show about the cultivation of a truth cord. And then it's important in that to understand that even a working truth cord Can get hijacked. Like I said in the beginning of the show, it's not just the cultivation of the truth cord, but it's also constantly developing our sophistication around understanding how we will try to circumvent the truth when we don't like it and we're afraid to hear it. And one of the most, um, what's interesting is one of the most simplistic ways this happens, just to put it into context, there are people that prefer to act. And there are other people that prefer to be in process. They like de- digging deep, being the emotional, understanding why they're doing what they're doing, being in a deep shamanic process. Other people just want to know what to do and go do it. Right? It's kind of two types of people. The way an action person can avoid the truth is by just impatiently jumping into the next action. And being unwilling to follow the truth, which is you need to be in process here and transform before you act again. And vice versa. I know people who just need to act. They need to take action one step after another to implement all of the amazing riches they have gained from being in process. They don't need another process. They don't need another journey. They don't need any more personal transformation. They need to act on what they have already gained. And their truth cord is telling them that. But they're not comfortable in action. And so they want to go back into process. Or the action people are not comfortable in process. So they want to jump back into action. Two of the most common ways people ignore or avoid or dismiss their own truth cord. So the truth cord itself can get hijacked and I had a very interesting experience teaching this years ago because I do sometimes teach these energy body classes and the cultivation of grounding and boundaries and truth cords and and then clearing and then the clearing class and by the way I forgot to mention earlier the clearing class that is the one thing I would teach if I can only teach one thing for the rest of my life. The clearing class is happening here in Portland in June, the 14th through the 16th, it's a little weekend here in Portland. You can register for that if you choose to um, through the calendar on the lastmaskcenter.org site. So, and you can get more information once you register. Um, So there's information on the calendar, you can register there. That class is actually happening in June, just by the way. So back to the truth court. So I was teaching that class years ago and um, there was a student there who was actually also a practitioner in her own right, and she argued with me that if if it's not doesn't turn out to be true, then it wasn't your intuition in the first place, and I find that um, problematic. A problematic logic because it's like arguing that if it's in a dream, it must be true and untainted as if your dream territory is somehow sacred. And while that may be true from a psychological perspective, it is not true from a shamanic perspective. And I've talked about that in some dream shows. And Michael Harner talks about it in his book on dreams that came out last year, I think. Anyway, the point is from a shamanic perspective, your dream territory is no more sacred and um, uh, unavailable for intrusion and invasion than you are. It's your dream world and then whatever doors you have open in your everyday life are also open in your dream life. And so this argument that if I dreamt it, it's true is, is a psychologically based argument, and I think it's, it's, it's false. Not that psychology is wrong, but it's an argument that's not based on all the information because shamanism brings us information as well that is sometimes contrary to psychology. Similarly with the energy body and the truth cord, this idea that if it didn't pan out to be true, it wasn't my intuition is not – accurate and what's been interesting in watching this student slash practitioner evolve over the years is that um, there is this, this thing she keeps tripping over and humbly, I would say the thing she keeps tripping over is this belief that if the, if the information didn't turn out to be true, it wasn't my intuition and so it leaves her vulnerable To not really understanding what am I doing that is hijacking my intuition. See, that's the problem with that logic is it doesn't bring us back to recognizing, wow, that really felt like my intuition and I acted on it and it was a nightmare. So what happened? It's too simple to say, well, it must not have been my intuition. but It was your intuition. So how did it get hijacked off your truth cord? It's a very important thing to understand. So our truth cord can get hijacked in any of the main energy centers. And as, you, as I talked about earlier, as you could see, in a sense, it was getting hijacked if the grounding cord was funky, right? So it can also get hijacked in the head or the heart or the belly. Now, the belly is really hard to hijack. It is very rare very rare that the belly can act the truth can actually get hijacked at the belly because this is the place of um, fundamental body truth about your safety, and that 's pretty hardwired into your energy body and so i 've seen it rarely i mean in twenty five years i think i 've seen it in one person, maybe two so anyway what 's more likely is that your truth cord gets hijacked at the heart and frankly, our truth cord probably gets hijacked every single day in our mind. Yes, <laughs> our mind is just runs all over the place and can it, it gets attracted to sparkly things and um the promise that something will be easy, the big gamble, if I just do this, it'll all pay off, all of these crazy things. The 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 head is running all over the place all the time and not sitting in that indigenous mind place where we would know the truth. So the mind is really um ever so easily hijacked. And so it, it, I mean it can be hijacked frankly by any good idea, any great vision, um, any um, great cause. So so really powerful visionary speakers and leaders can hijack people's minds, um, hijack people's intuition all the time in their mind. Um, it's easy to do and partly it's easy to do because most of us as contemporary Americans don't have very rigorous energy practices to keep ourselves aligned um, in our energy body with our truth. We're, we're, We're pretty much up for grabs, at least in our mind. Now, the heart is different because for most of us, the heart does stay right there with the truth cord. It really holds our memory of why we are here, our memory of our soul's purpose, our memory of our unique genius. And it kind of comes out, not in a linear analytical way, but as memories do. So our heart is not easily hijacked. But there are two things that a heart can get lost in. And it it has to do with longing. It has to do with, with when we leave the things our heart wants most out of our life when we're not filling our life with the things the heart truly desires, then there is a longing in the heart that is excessive. I've talked before about longing in the loins. The longing in the loins is kind of a good thing because it's moving us towards our desire and our passion, our soul's purpose. But a longing in the heart is not always a good thing. It can really speak to the fact that we are living in a way that is not nourishing our heart and what our heart's true desires are. So that leaves, the, that longing in the heart leaves this opening for the hijacker. And the hijacker is a dream or a vision that plays into that heart's longing. So it's playing into something that is true for the heart. So in other words, let's say I have a story about my true love or my soulmate, but it's not happening in my life. That's like this vacant place. Anybody with any amount of psychic ability, which is most people, frankly, especially those who would choose to manipulate others, can just ooze into that story I have in my heart about the soul's longing for the the soulmate or whatever. And the person can just play into that and become that for us, pretend to become that for us. And that's what we see because the vision or the dream is true. To the heart. It is connected to the heart and the intuition. It's just the person supposedly presenting it is not. The job supposedly presenting it is not. The situation, the move to that other place supposedly presenting that is not. So that's the distinction there. And that's how the heart can get hijacked. And the way that we've experienced that is listening to a friend tell us they've met their soulmate. All the friends are so happy to go meet the new soulmate and everybody meets the soulmate and they're mortified. The person's hideous. And they're trying to – they're you know taking bets under the table to figure out who's the person who's going to have to tell their friend this is not the soulmate. So the heart does get hijacked as well. So these are important things to understand about your truth cord. It's to understand that we're not only wanting to cultivate a truth cord, but we're wanting to constantly raise our sophistication about how that truth cord can get hijacked and and commensurately, constantly be upgrading and enlivening and inspiring our daily energetic practice to keep our energy body fit for the challenges life brings us so that our... Grounding, our chakras, our heart, our mind are all aligned daily with a, a truth chord that really sings out the truth in your life. So, as we come to a close here today, I wanted to share um, a quote. So, the quote is I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality that is why right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant and this is from martin luther king jr so i'd like to thank those ancestors that help us to stand in our truth we thank the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all Um, and i want to thank each one of you for listening today and to challenge you 30 days truth cord cultivation and let me know after 30 days how it does or doesn't change your life thanks for listening everyone have a great week